All right, guys, our next guest is the man behind such champions as Daniel Cormier, Cain Velasquez, Luke Rockhold, and, of course, the man who takes on Justin Gage at UFC 254, the UFC lightweight champion himself, Khabib Nurmagomedov, head coach of AK, none other than Javier Mendez. Welcome back to Submission Radio. Joining us straight from Dubai, I believe. How are you, man? I'm doing good, guys. Uh, yeah, right out of straight from the Maidan Hotel in Dubai. For the past month, you guys have actually been over in Dubai. So tell us, what's it been like training Khabib in Dubai and living in Dubai as opposed to familiar ground over at AK and San Jose? We've been watching your Instagram stories. They look pretty crazy. Yeah, you know, it's been it's been pretty good, to be honest with you. I mean, we, we have the, the luxuries of staying together as a team. If When we were in San Jose, you know, all the guys get together. There was more guys, obviously, but... There wasn't a team atmosphere like it is here because everybody else there would go drive their own way. Here, we're all driven to the the uh, you know the Nas uh, training center all together. We're all picked up together, so we're more of a team here. We're we're more uh, together at all times because of COVID and everything. We're not really doing things separate on our own. We're kind of sticking together. Uh, there's a lot of amenities here to do, uh, like you know going and uh, looking some of the some of the like. You know, jet skiing, the guys went jet skiing, they'll go to the beach, they go on a boat ride, you know, do the, I mean, I think they even did the sky, uh, uh, the skyscraper type skiing, not skiing, the flying, you know, where they put them on those cables. It's, you didn't join them. You didn't join them. No, hell no, I ain't joined them. <laughs> uh, no, thanks. <laughs> Nor the jet skis. I did the jet skis last year. I, I didn't want to go on that. But there's a lot of, a lot of things that are, are cool here. You know, the just beautiful scenery everywhere over here, you know, the. There's a lot. There's a lot. Sick, man. You're making us jealous. We're locked down here in Melbourne at the moment, so we, we would kill to be over where you guys are having the time of your lives like it seems. Man, you've been, like Dennis mentioned, you've been part of so many world champion fight camps and fight weeks. Guys like Cain Velasquez, Daniel Cormier, Luke Rockhold. What would you say is the biggest difference about a Khabib fight week? Um, does it differ from the others? I know that the, the posse, so to speak, seems different. There just seems to be a bit of a different energy about it. Uh, it's more family, you know, uh, with, with, with Daniel is a big posse with Daniel. Daniel loves a lot of people. So there's a lot of, I guess it's the same with Daniel, to be honest with you. Daniel's got the same click of people. His same, they're all family. They all love him. They're all there for him. It's the same kind of atmosphere that with the Daniel, uh, Cormier camp brings. The other guys didn't have as big a camp as those two guys. Those two guys have a big army with them, you know, and they're all devoted to them. Daniel has a everybody devoted to him, and, and same as Habib. He's got a lot of loyal, dependable guys that are here for him. Uh, those two, I can honestly say, have that. Mm. Well, you guys have a big test ahead of you and Justin Gaethje. And when you look at Justin's skill set, Coach, where would you rank him compared to Khabib's previous opponents? Well, uh, it just... Without anything right now, I rank him second, but he could very well be number one easily. You know, uh, I rank him second behind Connor, but I could be wrong on that. He could be more dangerous than, than Connor. You know, uh, we'll see. You know, if we're not able to take him to the ground, uh, we're going to have we're going to have a fight in our hands. And uh, I'm anticipating we're going to have a fight in our hands, because if I don't anticipate that and it does happen, I'm going to be caught, you know, not thinking properly. So I'm assuming that, uh, you know, the process is we can't take him down. You know, we have to stand with him. That, that's what I, in my mind, that's what I'm assuming. But I'm hoping that's not the case. I'm hoping we can take him down. But we have to be prepared for times when we can't take someone down, especially someone of his credentials, his D1 wrestling, and the fact that the man's never really fought on the ground in all his fights. If he goes to the ground, he gets up real quick. So we have to prepare 
for what he has been doing as well as what we want. You know, we can't just, you know, think that we're going to go to the ground and that's it. No way. That, that, that would be bad because what happens if we can't take him down? What's going to happen then? Yeah, absolutely. Well, there's a few things to unpack there. What would you say makes him a number two, say, behind Conor McGregor? Why is he, uh, I guess, slightly more favorable for Khabib in that sense behind Conor? Well, Conor's precision striking. I mean, to me, Conor's just, he's just the best uh, striker ever in the, the, the lightweight division, I think, personally. And, and uh, you know, Gagey, with, with his wrestling, you know, he, he creates a big problem. He really does, you know, and, and his power and his guts. I mean, the guy, hey, man, he's coming to fight. He's coming to fight. He, he's not, he's not going to run from you. He's coming to you. And you're not fighting him. You're not beating him. You have to fight him. You have to. And, and we're prepared for that. You know, we know what he brings to the table. He brings a lot, you know, and I only rank him two only because of the unknown. You know, if it was known, look, if we could take him down, no problem, then he wouldn't be number one. Connor is. But what if we can't take him down? Then obviously he takes that number one spot because then that would make it the most difficult fight we've ever had. And he could mm. very well be number I mean, a lot of people keep bringing up his leg kicks. Um, you got to think that Justin's going to be trying to get those leg kicks on Khabib to try and limit that movement, uh, limit those takedowns. How much of a factor do you see these leg kicks becoming during this fight? Huge. They're huge. I mean, he's the best leg kicker in the business from what I see. So they're huge. They're, they're, they're a big part of his game, and they better be. And, and uh, you know, they're big. They're big. And, and we have to be able to address them. We have to be able to avoid them. And we have to implement what we need to do. But, no, they're big. For us to think that it's not a big deal, then, you know what, I haven't been watching MMA as of late with all these people getting destroyed by calf kicks. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody that's would have to be an idiot, you know. No, they're, they're extremely – they're the most – most dangerous, most effective, uh, uh, lethal striking in, in MMA at the present time. I mean, look at all the fights. Guys get hit one good time, almost all of a sudden their 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 skill set is dropped, diminished greatly because of, of that danger to the the calf. So we're fully aware of that, and uh, we're prepared for that. And uh, what happens when you get kicked there, we'll see. But uh, I, I'm assuming we're going to do fine. But but uh, it's definitely it's definitely a, a super weapon, I guess you can say. Mm. You also mentioned his Division One uh, NCAA wrestling when I was training with Kamaru Usman, the 170-pound champion for this fight. But where, where would you rank Justin Gaethje's wrestling? And I guess some of the experts are looking at it as like, look, if he, if he has that in his back pocket, it's one thing. If he hasn't been honing it for the last few years, it's another thing. How effective do you think it could be against Khabib in this fight, especially if he does manage to stuff the takedown? Well, from a wrestling standpoint, I'm sure it's not Division One level at the present time. But from a MMA uh, standpoint, I'm sure it's as best it can be. He might very well have the best uh, uh, takedown defense out of anybody because, you know, he has that wrestling background. But it, remember, this is MMA, so so there's a lot of variables to takedowns, you know. So th th that's an advantage he has, but uh, that's also an advantage we have. It's not pure wrestling. It was a pure wrestling match. Uh, I don't know how we'd fare, but this isn't wrestling, so... You know, this is MMA, so there's a lot of things you can do in MMA that you can't do in wrestling that, 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 that you know, would prevent the takedown in a regular wrestling match. But in an MMA match, there's almost sometimes nothing you can do. You're getting taken down regardless. If you get hit on the right spot and it's done proper, you're going down, you know, and uh, you can't do it in wrestling. You can't punch. You can't kick. You can't knee. You know, you can't elbow in wrestling. So uh, this is this is not a wrestling match, but 
his credentials are extremely dangerous because you know he he's used to the wrestling, so it's a, it's a big advantage uh, for him in the, in the sense of uh, fighting of everybody. But the big disadvantage I feel is that he's never met anybody that's going to continue to 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 stay on the wrestling and continue to wrestle. And five rounds, he's going to have to wrestle five rounds. It's not going to be uh, Habib's going to shoot in a couple of times and it's over. How many times have you seen Habib stop after two shots? Uh-uh. Unless he wants to stop, he's not stopping. He's prepared to go five rounds, uh, attempt after takedown after takedown. And if he's successful one time, he'll be successful two times. And if he's successful two times and you manage to get up after two, I don't know how much more you're going to have. Mm. Obviously, the guys also share a manager. I'm wondering, Coach, um, have they ever trained together? Have they ever sparred together? Do you know if there were any moments like that? I know that Ali's uh, fighters have trained together in the past. I'm wondering if there were any experiences between those two. I, you know, I don't know of any. I, I know they've mm. they've talked. I know they've been together at events where Ali gets everybody together. I think Ali's the the best manager in the business, and and uh, he knows how to keep it neutral and. And, uh, uh, you know, where the fighters don't get upset at him, they know he's doing the best for them. And, and he focuses on, on, on them specifically and their needs. And he doesn't get mixed in, in the mix. I mean, I, I mean, it's pretty amazing, to be honest with you. How many managers do you see uh, can keep their fighters together? Not many, man. Not many. And he's able to do it. So there's a, there's a true ingredient to what he's doing that's working that I don't see anybody else be able to do. I'm wondering, uh, as a coach, how do you push Khabib in training? Like, you see his dominance in the cage in actual fights. How do you manage to push him in training? Is it a case of, you know, making him fight, uh, you know, spar against guys in heavier weight classes? I know Rockhold has told us some stories about grappling with Khabib. Um, how do you make sure that he's sort of, you know, getting pushed uh, to the limits as opposed to just, you know, being the guy that works everybody in the room? Well, when it comes to grappling, you know, he's able to grapple whoever. But when it comes to sparring, he's never sparred Luke in a sparring session. I would never allow that. Luke was too big. Uh, uh, but in a grappling session, yeah, absolutely. He's grappled with DC. You know, he grapples with those guys grappling. But punching and kicking and all that, uh, he I've never let him go with anybody uh, much heavier than uh, than a welterweight. You know? What's that I like, him in DC? That would be fascinating to watch. It's fun to watch when they grapple, yeah. But but never never would never do MMA. Never. I would never allow that. And if they did, it would be play it would be playing around. I would never let them ever be serious because man, it's too much. When you got a heavyweight, you know, coming raining down kicks and punches and you with that weight, it's now that's stupidity, you know. And no, that would never happen. Grappling though, I'm okay with. If they grapple that I'm okay. It's they, they know how to work together. And Habib's grappled big guys, so that's not a problem. Is it competitive sparring, him in D C D C is a heavyweight. Um, well, the funny thing about it is I can't really answer that because, you know, while they're doing all the grappling and stuff, I'm in the cage. We have separate rooms, so I'm in the cage all watching the sparring all the time. So when they're grappling, I, I'm not really watching it because I'm not hmm. around. So I'm not really a good person to talk about that. And then on the days where it's grappling only, guess what? That's my day off. I don't even <laughs> hang around. We'll let you keep that secret to yourself, Javier. We know you, you know more than what you're letting on. But of course, you know, we've seen the videos that online and the relationship in the team is absolutely fantastic. Let, let's get back to the fight, though, because a lot of people are sort of obviously uh, wondering how Khabib's doing mentally going into this fight. Um, he's very lucky, obviously, to have you there and, and spending so, so much time going into this fight. But uh, mentally, you know, some people are saying, you know, What's he going to be like when he goes into UFC 254? Uh, from your perspective, um, how is Khabib looking going into this fight? And from 
as a coach, has it been uh, difficult to kind of make sure that the tempo and the camp runs as, as usual? Or has there been any differences to what a usual camp would be like, obviously, with that tragic passing of his father? Yeah, it's it's been uh, okay since I come here, right? They're all his fighters, and not my fighters. They're his fighters, and I'm the head coach for all those guys. They're not used to me. They're used to father. So uh, yeah, there's been there's been some things that I've had to work on, and uh, you know instances where you know I have to put the younger guys in line and and get them to get on straight because that's you know that's expected. You know they're not used to me. They're not used to my ways. If it was at my gym, it's a slam dunk, easy, it runs with itself. Everybody knows. When I step into the room, everybody knows they better be busy. They better be working. But these kids don't know me. So, you know, they've made a lot of mistakes, and, and uh, we've corrected them. And now, I mean, right now it's going fantastic. Uh, there's still going to be a few little things here that they don't do. But Habib and Islam and Umar, all the guys that are fighting are, are like troopers. They, they know the routine with me. They're doing fantastic. But it is hard, you guys. It is. It is not having his father around which I sorely miss because, you know, when he'd be here, he's he'd be running the guys. It would be his show, and I would be in the background just doing what I do with Habib and the rest of the guys, but he'd be running the whole team, you know, because it's basically his team, not mine. So is it safe to say that you have a much, much bigger workload for this essential fight week? Because, like you mentioned, Abdulmanap would normally be running fight week, right? You're taking on his responsibility. Yes, yes, I, I, and I'm not doing as good a job as he did, I'll tell you that. You know, he, he, he's an incredible man. And, uh, yeah, no, it, it's, 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 uh, I've, and I've had other guys too, top guys, Shamil, who, who's, who's in this, who's a coach too. And he, he helps tremendously and he, he disciplines the guys where I don't. Shamil will make them do things like, uh, these guys screwed up so they didn't get to go jet skiing. So he made them hmm. all stay home. And as <laughs> they did what they were supposed to, got to go jet skiing. He doesn't play around. So Shamil, he, he gets on the guys, you know, me. Uh, I, I'm a little bit more lenient. Habib is a lot more lenient than I am. But uh, Shamil, no, uh, Shamil, you screw up. That's it. You're you're, you're not going to go here. You're not going to have the privileges, you know. And and if you screw up, uh, you stay home. But uh, for that, for the most part, no one has screwed up that bad where they made him stay at the hotel. Everybody got to go train. I love it. If you screw up on Harv's watch, uh, jet ski privileges get taken away. Um, I'm curious. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm curious what you think, though, because uh, everybody knows Khabib's dominance. A lot of people see that if, if there's going to be any chink in the armor mentally, people wonder what it's going to be like for him to make that walk on fight night, you know, without the presence of his father in the corner. I imagine for you, you're almost going to be pulling double duty on the night. But what do you think? Do, do you think in any way that could affect him, uh, you know, on the night? And, and what will you sort of be looking for on the night um, to just make sure that his head is in the game? Well, I'll tell you, I've only cornered his father one time since 2012. He's been with me every fight, you know, since 2012. So his father's only been able to corner one of those fights. So to me, it's like normal. No, no big deal. You know, the, the only thing that, that I miss is him here because I miss him, you know, mm -hmm. him, his presence, him, the great person that he, that he was. But as far as the coaching responsibilities and no, I, it's, it's, I've already been doing it for so long that that's not going to change. Now, how Habib approaches this, I can tell you right now, he's mentally super, super strong. Uh, it doesn't, we've never discussed nothing of, of his father in regards to missing him. We, we, we don't talk. We just go. Never, right never mentioned it to you ever. No, no, we have not talked about it on this camp at all. We, we focus on what needs to be done. And, and I, I do say one thing, I say father's plan. 
father's plan because you know his father is the one that made him who he is i, I just I, I basically got lucky enough to, to have him with me and then you know utilize what he has and it was father's basically teaching that makes him great you know so i always use father's plan as a reference to when i want him to fight right sure i made him better on his striking and i'm making him better continuously but he's not a champion on striking he's a champion on on father's plan and so that part that part because you know he's not here and he's always had his father to call you know back home and when he was in san jose he'd call his father and i tell him hey habib you know we need to do this we need to do it and you know he'd always say you know that's what father said yeah father tell me yesterday so it's kind of like his father and i were always in the same track i never heard father say the opposite of what i did so him and i thought alike you know and um because i never did anything opposite of sticking to habib's strength and that's what his father made him to be super he's the best grappler uh, on the planet at 155 maybe mm. of, of everybody mm. yeah no 100 percent. hey uh, it, it just the way you're talking it made me think do you ever have to rein uh, habib in like during a fight like for example if, if father's plan is obviously to take his opponent down you know grapple him smash him smash with an e not an a i'm just wondering if you if you know khabib is say staying too much on the feet if you ever have to rein him in you know what i mean like if, if like you mentioned if he can't take Justin down um and if he ends up stuck on the feet do you ever have to rein him in and say hey listen go back to the game plan this isn't what we're here to do all the time shit. the only time i didn't have to is when he fought dustin when his father was there all the other time when when he fought aliquinta he stood with him he stood with him and i told him before the fight i got to watch aliquinta the night before when we finally got him an opponent i wouldn't watch anybody until we knew who we were gonna fight whether whether it be anthony pettis or whatever so we got aliquinta and i looked at aliquinta and i said oh my god i got i said i think Habib cannot strike this guy but the guy can take a really good punch so I tell Habib, hey, Lick, listen, you know, you're going to be able to outstrike him, but he'll sucker you because he, he can take a good shot and he, he can sucker you into in a slugfest and all of a sudden hit you, you know, and I don't want I don't want to screw up. We, we want to stick to father's fight. Well, if you watch the fight, what did he do? He tries these half-ass takedowns and, and Joe Rogan's talking about, oh, look, there's a chink. Habib can't take him down. La, 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 la. We've seen something here. Bullshit. What you were seeing is Habib not wanting to take him down, wanted to stand with him. So he did what he did to appease me, but he wanted to stand and he did. And, you know, he outstruck him, you know, what, three to one, four to one. I don't know. He outstruck the heck out of him. But that still didn't make me comfortable because I was a tough guy and, and he could take a hell of a shot. And I was waiting for that. I was waiting for it. And, uh, Fortunately, it never happened, but uh, I got Habib back on track on the fifth round when I said, okay, obviously you're not going to listen to me, so can you do me a favor? Can you do half of what I want and half of Father's, you know, what you want and half of Father's fight? He goes, okay, so watch the fight. He goes in half and then all of a sudden turns the heat on and then the remainder of it and goes back to Father's plan. He's done that to me with Connor also. You guys remember the Connor mm -hmm. fight? What did he do? Same damn thing. And I'm like looking at him, okay, you got that out of the way. Can you go back to the plan, please? You know, so yeah. Am I worried about that? Absolutely, because he's known for that with me and with him alone, him and I. He's known for that, for doing that to me. And do I want him to do it this time? No. <laughs> Will he do it? Man, I don't know. I hope not. Yeah, it looks like he does kind of like to prove uh, people wrong. And going into this fight, everybody is talking about the wrestling. You mentioned the striking before. And by the way, his improvement in the striking has been phenomenal you've done such a great job with him and in that conor mcgregor fight we saw he was able to put conor mcgregor down in one of the moments in that fight do you anticipate him wanting to kind of test his striking against justin gaethje and kind of ignore 
Javier's plan and sort of <laughs> and how much how much of your plan is to go out there and and not exactly have a battle with Justin on the feet, but still be able to mix in some of that before the takedowns come? Uh, well, my plan is to make him as good as possible in the stand-up to be able to utilize his stand-up. That's it. But never to stand. Never. Never. Why? It just doesn't make sense. You know, if he wasn't so great at grappling, better than anybody, I, I would I would work another avenue with him. But he's so damn good on the ground that nobody, nobody can compete him. Nobody can compare with him. So, to me, guys, I'm looking for the win. I'm not looking for an exciting fight for the crowd. I'm looking for a win. And the best win always going to be with him on the ground. Him on the ground against anybody in the lightweight division, he wins. That's why, That's why to me, it's like, it's a no-brainer. It's an e- he's easy to train as far as how to fight because of that reason. Now, obviously, you just can't grapple and grapple all the time because, you know, eventually if they figure you out, it's hard to take him down. But if you become really good at striking, which he is now, he's very good at striking. He's at another level of striking than he was when he fought Dustin. So you guys will... Hopefully see that. Hopefully not see that. I'm hoping you won't. I hope you just see the opposite. But if he decides to stand, you guys are going to say, hey, he's improved his stand-up again. He had, he honestly has improved again. Mm, for everybody out there looking to make some money on UFC 254, what do you think are the chances that we see Khabib catch Justin on the feet? We've seen Justin get caught before. He does leave himself open when he throws strikes. Is there? I know you're, you're thinking this is going to be grappling. This is going to be domination on the ground as well, but... Is there a part of you when you see Khabib in that training room and you mentioned that striking has improved so much that thinks, hey, he might actually catch him here as well? It could happen. I mean, I mean, Habib could just want to stand with him and, and say, you know, screw coach's plan. I'm going to go stand with him. <laughs> it could happen, you guys. I, I, I can't tell you, you know, I know what I want, but hey, Habib's the fighter. He's the one running the ship. So he may want to test the Ferrari somewhere else, you know, I, I don't want him to. I want him to stick to the plan because, you know, Justin is a dangerous customer. And, and, and uh, you know, okay, let's just say he goes in there and he, and he does what I want him to do, but he can't take him down. He can't. Absolutely cannot, which could happen. It could happen. Then, then of course, then we go to plan B. And if plan B doesn't work, then we go plan C. But let's not go plan B, plan C. Let's stick to plan A, father's plan. You know, that's what I want. Will he do that? Man, he only did that when his father was around. So there's the respect level he has for his father, and and, and where I come into the picture, I, I'll never be father, and I'm and I've always been good with that, and I will continue to be good with that. I, I love him to death. I'm I'm a good friend, but I'm never father, and that will never happen. So let's see what he does. But I'm hoping you know that uh, we go according to plan. The way his sparring's been going, it's been like today. He had five rounds of great sparring. Uh, he, he sparred uh, uh, three rounds with, with his cousin, Usman, who's with Bellator, who, who's going to be a megastar. You guys will see him. He's going to be a megastar uh, in the future. So that's one to watch out for. And his, his cousin, Umar, the other cousin, the two, the two brothers, uh, is fighting for uh, the first time in the UFC. He'll be fighting with him and Islam, of course, if they get an opponent. I mean, those three guys are, man, they're beasts. All those guys are beasts. Mm, very curious to see who Islam uh, Makachev gets next. Uh, but... You just mentioned father's plan. Father's plan is always to retire at 30 and 0. And I know after this fight, GSP, sorry, GSP, I'm getting ahead of myself, Dana White has said that he's got something special planned for Habib. I'm wondering if you think that could be GSP. And also, what do you think a, a win over GSP or even just a fight against GSP would mean for Habib's legacy? 
I think if he can get the fight with GSP, uh, if you, I read the uh, uh, interview where Dana, where he's talking about the Connor screwed up something about they were going to do a reality show. Yeah, uh, the, the Ultimate Fighter. And the Connor screwed it up, and because Habib don't want to fight him, I didn't talk to Habib about that, so I don't know anything other than what I read. And and I I went, oh, that's a bummer. That would have been awesome, huh? Habib and Connor opposite sides. That would have been one of the best Ultimate Fighters ever, ever, ever. It would have been amazing. People would have tuned in amazing to that because you know that there's a lot of friction and you know Connor's going to start a lot of problems. You know it. And this is the thing. You also know that Habib ain't going to take it. So if they did an ultimate fighter, you might see a fight in the damn show on a daily basis if those two guys are together. What, what? A real fight, you know. So that would be very, very volatile. So people would tune into it, that train wreck that could be. And then the <laughs> incredible fight that would have turned out to be. And of but course, unfortunately. You'd be there as well, Javier, breaking up the fights yeah. and taking away people's yeah, jet ski yeah. privileges. <laughs> hey, I'm not about that. I'm not, that's not me. I don't know about the peace and hey, let's let's save it for 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 you know the octagon. That's when you guys fight. But 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 you know, Connor knows how to press all the right buttons. He'll say all the wrong things that he shouldn't say. But that's just Connor. That's who his personality is, and I've learned to accept that years ago. That that's what he'll do. And and uh, yeah, but so. So we got to scratch that out because, according to Dana, that's off the table. So um, I don't know what the plan is. I guess Dana's supposed to have something special for him. Maybe it is GSP. Maybe it's GSP, and that'll be the ultimate fighter, GSP versus Habib. I don't know. I, I, I have zero idea on that. And I don't know if even, even Habib knows, but wouldn't that be something, right? It would be something. But then you also got to wonder, why would Habib want to put himself through that? You know, he's the world champion. He, he doesn't seem like he needs the money from doing the ultimate fighter. For him, I imagine being around Connor would just be nothing more than a headache. Why would he want to do that? What Do you think there's any incentive for him to even fight Connor again? If, if you had to put money on it, do you think that rematch even happens no matter how much Dana White wants it? I think I think if Connor beats Dustin and he smashes Dustin, and I think that that comes back around, I think that there's a possibility that because Habib is about earning the right, you know, to that. And I think that I think that uh, Dustin is, is the lead horse right now. So I think that if that fight happens, I think Habib would be down for for that because he did. If he does beat Dustin, that would be legit for him. Um, but I think he has his mind and his heart set on GSP. You know, who knows what we're going to get? We may get Tony again, and that'll be fine too because you know Tony's probably deserved it, and Tony will probably get a win between now and then. And and then it w- and it would be a good, interesting uh, thing between Tony and him also. You know, as we know it. My only thing is I'm superstitious, and I'm going, what next? Six fight? Oh, my God. You know, like, you know, I don't know. I'm just superstitious. That's all. Nothing. Not, he's a great fighter, and, and, and but I don't know. The UFC may offer that one. And, uh, you know, you guys know that a lot of fans will be behind that one, too, because that was the fight that was supposed to happen five times. So, you know, they could very well throw that out, and I know how people will say yes to that. He's not going to say no to Tony. No way. He's not, because he feels that, that they need to fight. When it comes to that GSP fight, though, Coach, people are wondering what weight that would happen at. And people are say- saying, will GSP at his age be able to get down to 155 to make this fight happen? Do you see any scenario where you guys would consider a catch weight for that? Or does it absolutely have to be at 155 if it was to happen, do you think? Well, you know, I don't really know because, like I said, we only him and his father had discussed it. I was presently there when they were talking about it. so And, and they were talking about 155 is the weight. But that was then. I don't. I never had that conversation with Habib. Um, but I would think as, that, as a coach, though. Hey, what's, what's your perspective, Habib? 
what I think as a coach, I think what a great way to start a 165-pound division that's really mm. needed to have one of those guys fight for that title. What a great way to start, right? Habib is not too far off of that. It, it's, it's, it's 165. GSP will more likely make that a lot easier than 155, which he's never fought at 155. So I think that that, that would be an ideal scenario. And, and let's face it, at 155, we have advantage at 165. I don't know. I think it's an even, even, even flip of the coin on that one, and and uh, I think that would be the biggest challenge in Habib's life. That fight itself, uh, I think GSP and him would be the biggest challenge he's ever faced. I think mm, it's interesting because it looks like there's a couple of big fights out there. Obviously, you know the UFC might try and throw McGregor at uh, Khabib again if he beats Dustin. We've spoken about Tony Ferguson and we've mentioned GSP, but do you feel like Khabib is at a point in his career where the fight has to be big and it has to make sense for him to keep on fighting. Like, I know there were points in his career where he would just fight guys coming up in the division. And I know Ally Quinta and these kinds of guys filled in and has have fought, of, uh, fought him in the past for the title. But do you see those days as long gone now and it really has to be a big fight to incentivize him to keep going? Yeah, unfortunately I do. It's just like the Daniel Cormier situation, guys. When mm. Daniel lost the title to Pepe in the third shot, uh, they asked Daniel what now, and Daniel's, well, it's going to retire. I go, I'm not going to fight for nothing but title fights. You know, because when you get put in that pedestal and you're used to mega fights of that nature and you have all the money you need, what's the incentive? What's the motivation, you know? So, so yeah, it would have to be, you know, after this next fight, it would have to be someone like like a, a, a GSP. It would have to be like a Tony. It, it would have to be like a McGregor. I mean, those three come to mind as, as, as people that would incentivize him, make him, in other words, not, I said that incorrectly, but make him want to fight. Those three guys, I think, uh, could very well fit, fit the void uh, for him to continue to want to. After that, after those three guys, I'm not so sure that the same hoop's going to be around that, you know, because there's, who else? I mean, who, can you think of someone else? I I don't know. I think you make a good argument as far as like, you know, like Connor would be a big fight as far as a spectacle. And I think there's, there's, you know, some interest in that. GSP would just be massive and good for his legacy. And Tony's just the fight that kept getting away. So we all want to see it. But obviously that's three fights. And Khabib, if he were to beat Justin, would be 29 and 0. So there's really only room for one. Um, I'm wondering how much sort of wiggle room there is on, on pushing past 30 and 0. Because... It's so tough because that was kind of father's plan, right? I'm just wondering if, yeah. you know, as a coach, you would step in and, and based on what you know about Khabib, you know, he, he would push it past 30, you know, you know, if if there was, you know, some incentive to keep going. Well, he won't get that from me. When he has, when he, if, we, if we manage to get to the 30, he's not going to get me to say, hey, I think you should continue. No, I won't say nothing. I'm there for him. I'm going to say, hey, I'm, gonna be, I'm here for you, whatever you want. You want to you want to retire? I'm there. It's up to you. I, I'm not going to say I think you should fight. If he asks me, I'll, I'll tell him. But if he doesn't ask me, I'm just going to go with whatever his wishes are. Well, I'll tell you, it's going to be a huge fight for now. With let's focus on Justin Gaethje. We appreciate the time, Coach. As we wrap everything up, and again, uh, we've been texting you all through the night and the crazy time difference. We appreciate you finding yeah. some time in your schedule for us. You've always been so kind to us. Um, as we wrap this up, what kind of prediction do you have for this fight? When you think about how it plays out, how Khabib comes out on top, how he gets this victory in this historical card, in this historical fight, is there a scenario that stands out in your mind as how it gets done? 
Well, I, I, I kind of am thinking two, three different ways. You know, I'm thinking if we can get in there and take him down, like, 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 like I'm hoping, you know, that by the second time we take him down, I think it's going to be a wrap. Uh, you know, not the first time, but the second, I think it's going to be a wrap. That's one scenario. Uh, the other scenario would be we can't take him down. We have to stand with him, which is we have five-round war, which we're prepared for. That's what we have to do, just like he is. You know, Justin is prepared to go five hard rounds, and he will go five hard rounds. And the, the third one, which is the unlikely one, in my opinion, is, is a KO on our side. Not that it's not possible. I just don't see that as, as the, the, more, uh, the more likely uh, of, of the three scenarios. I, I look at the, the number one, the situation... I look at we will get him down and and we'll see what he does after the second takedown and then I, I look at the you know the five round war you know because we can't take him down I don't look at that as as super high but I know it's 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 a lot higher a lot higher probability of that happening than us knocking him out so that's what I think all right well one thing's for sure uh, with a win this weekend everybody's jet ski privileges come back and uh, everybody will be flying around those things till then you guys are going to continue living like kings over in Dubai and then jump over to fight island we can't wait to see it everybody follow Javier Mendez on uh, I believe Twitter and Instagram at aka Harv aka JAV a lot of great stories there and as always man with all the crazy times Time difference and everything. We really appreciate you squeezing us in, Harv. Always appreciate it. Thank you. No problem. Time for you guys.